so often we can hand our power over to experts and think that they have the big picture vision for us when we spend 15 minutes with them or 60 minutes with them. And I think allowing parents to realize that they have the power to say, like, wait, hold on. What is our family's big picture vision for whatever is causing us tension or whatever it is that we're struggling with? And to get clear on that and then bring in the child and say, you know, curiosity, like, what could this look like? And then bring in the warrior and say, what are the things that need to get done in order to make this happen? And then are there people that we can bring in to support us with this. I'm Debbie Reber and welcome to Tilt Parenting, a podcast featuring interviews and conversations aimed at inspiring, informing and supporting parents raising differently wired kids. It has been a little while since Margaret Webb, my absolute favorite parenting coach and the lead parenting coach in the Differently Wired Club was on this show, but I am so excited to have her on to talk about her much anticipated book, Hero's Journey in Parenting, Parenting the Child You Didn't Expect While You Were Expecting. Margaret is a certified master life coach, parenting coach, nature-based coach, former elementary school teacher, and mother of a now 20-year-old autistic son. And I have personally experienced firsthand how deeply and profoundly Margaret's approach can support parents raising neurodivergent kids. And so I am truly thrilled that she's making her insights and learning available to the rest of us in her new book. We couldn't explore all the transformational concepts in Margaret's new book. I tried, but it was just too much to get into. But I did my best to touch upon some of the biggies, including the power of reframing parenting as a hero's journey, how incorporating archetypes such as the queen, king, child, warrior, and community builder into our framework can provide valuable perspectives and tools for parenting, and why recognizing and addressing shadow forces such as limiting beliefs and unhelpful patterns can lead to personal growth and more effective parenting. We also discussed why it's so critical to understand a child's developmental age in a given moment, and how doing that can help parents tailor their approach and better meet their child's needs. This is one of those episodes you'll probably want to listen to more than once, and then you'll want to get Margaret's book. It is really that good. Okay. I'll stop gushing. We're going to get on with the show. Here is my conversation with Margaret Webb about Hero's Journey in Parenting, parenting the child you didn't expect while you were expecting. Well, hello, Margaret. Welcome back to the Tilt Parenting Podcast. Hello. I'm so excited to be back. It's been a little while. In the early years, you were a very frequent guest. And then I see you all the time through the Differently Wired Club. And so we're always in conversation. But I'm like, yeah, it's been a while. So there are probably listeners who aren't familiar with you, who may not have gone back into the archives and listened to those gold nugget of episodes, people, if you haven't listened to them, they'll be in the show notes, definitely go back and check them out. But Margaret, would you in your own words, just take a few minutes and tell us what you've been up to and about the work that you love to do in the world. And I know that you love to do it. So I can say that but just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I am a mom to a now 20 year old son who is autistic. And like my greatest teacher. And he just is like the most amazing person ever for me. But because of him, I've gone on to become a parenting coach for other people and who are on this journey as well. And so it's my favorite thing to do to support other parents. Because if you can imagine 20 years ago, we didn't have the resources that we have now, we didn't have the knowledge that we have now. And so it's like my life's joy to be able to support parents in feeling, you know, more confident and to feel, you know, just like they're not alone in this journey. So I do a lot of parent coaching. I'm so grateful to be part of the Differently Wired Club and be one of the parent coaches for that because that's like, it's so fun to be able to get on and just like, see whatever anybody is up to and try my best to support them. 
Well, and I just want to say too that if you are a longtime listener, you know that when I mentioned Margaret, it's with a lot of love and reverence for the work that you do. You were my parent coach and helped me through some of the most challenging phases, eras of my own parenting journey. I still periodically send you an SOS text like, hey, I have time to jump on a quick call. So I'm immensely grateful for you. And you are one of the wisest people that I know. I know that this book that we're going to be talking about today has been in you for a very, very long time. I've been so excited for you to give birth to it and to share this deep wisdom that you have with the rest of the world. So I just wanted to say that up front. I'm just so excited that you're getting these resources and these tools out into the world. So your book is called A Hero's Journey in Parenting, Parenting the Child You Didn't Expect While You Were Expecting. I would love as a way to get into it, if you could talk a little bit about the lens through which you approach your work in helping parents and how that has really informed the book. Because you really do, I think, come to this whole conversation of supporting parents from a completely unique and fresh perspective. Yeah, years ago, you talk about like this book being in the process of being developed for many years. And it was and I had been teaching a class called Parenting the Child You Didn't Expect While You Were Expecting. And I started writing a book just based on what I was teaching. And had an interesting conversation with my husband where he was like, okay, you know, that's great. But like, where's the story? And I took a step back and realized that what we all go through as parents, regardless of what our journeys are, is we go through a hero's journey in parenting. And there are thresholds that are crossed all of the time that, you know, we might not be necessarily asking for or wanting. And when I took that step back and realized, like, you know, looked at my journey in parenting, realized that there were a number of, just like in any hero's journey, like, you know, I think of Harry Potter, the Lord of the Rings, just those kinds of movies that are really big hero's journey movies. It's like, there are teachers, there are mentors, there are tools that are presented to support the main characters in realizing who they are meant to be on this earth. And I realized, wow, like I had been presented many teachers, many mentors. I was a teacher. And so I have an education background that I could bring to my experience. I did Martha Beck's life coach training. And so I had that to to pull from. And then I did a nature-based coach training So there were tools that I could pull from that. And then I did an Equus coach training. And so like, I realized, wow, I had all these tools from these people. And when I started to apply them to parenting, it changed everything for me. And I realized, wow, like I've got this unique perspective or what I, you know, would hope to be a unique perspective on how to approach parenting a child who is not what I expected while I was expecting. And I say that like he is the most amazing person ever. And he is the greatest teacher that I have. But like, I expected to be sitting at soccer games and sitting in the stands and cheering him on. And that's not what our journey has been. It's been very different. And so crossing that threshold into this unknown of parenting, it rocked my world and realizing if I could accept the tools and the the teachings of the things that I was learning, it would really help me to be the mom that he needed me to be. Not the mom that I expected to be, but the mom he needed me to be. Yeah, you described that so well. And what's coming up for me too, and maybe is a nice thing to clarify or just kind of talk about at the beginning of this conversation is that there's also this stereotypical autism mom, you know, that kind of makes their kids journey their identity. And you're using this hero language, but that's not what we're talking about. Can you explain the distinction here? Yes. Part of my book describes archetypes. And archetypes are a huge part of a hero's journey. And so I describe 
four different archetypes. There's the queen or the king or the elder, the monarch. There's the child, there's the warrior, and then there's a community builder or a teacher or a magician. And I'm not an archetype expert by any means. I just share how I approach things. But typically what happens is parents go into warrior mode and it's like, oh, I got to fix this. I got to like put all my energy into that. I've got to take care of whatever is causing this tension in our life. And that leads to exhaustion. It leads to frustration. It leads to tension. There's a place for the warrior, but it's, I think at some point, the warrior needs to take over at, at first because it's like, okay, you get a diagnosis. There are things that need to happen, maybe therapy sessions, but to get stuck in that and to have that as your identity leads to some things where you're not getting the full perspective of what's actually possible and what's actually going on for not only your child's life, but for your life. And I think that's, it's such a powerful thing to realize like, okay, yep, I'm in warrior mode and that's fine. But there are other archetypes that can be super helpful in meeting our child's needs, meeting our needs in order to create a happier life for everybody. Yeah. And just thinking about that term hero, I think we can think superhero victory. And that again, is not what we're talking about. When you are looking at the hero's journey, it really is about the journey, the transformation that we as parents are navigating for our own personal growth, personal development, well-being. Am I getting that right? Absolutely. It's not about being a hero in that you've like overcome whatever diagnosis or what, like whoever your child is. It's not about that at all. It's about taking care of ourselves and realizing, you know what? Like, this is what I'm learning. Like, the hero for me is about learning what our kids are here to teach us and going with that. And realizing, wow, like they're here to teach me this and I can be a hero in that I'm learning that I need to bring more joy into my life or that I need to be mindful of what I call like shadow forces and hindering forces that kind of creep in to our lives as parents and to as a hero to kind of combat those. So you talked about archetypes a little bit, and you said, I'm not an expert on archetypes, but could you talk a little bit more about even what an archetype is? You know, how are they typically used? And why do you feel they're so effective? Why have they been something that's really pulled you in and really helped you navigate your own parenting journey and present this framework for the rest of us? Yeah, so I think they're super helpful because they are characters. And it's an opportunity for me to kind of pull myself out of whatever is going on in the here and now and to say, oh, okay, wait, what would my queen say? Or if I was an elder or a monarch, like they're looking at this situation, what would they say? If I'm approaching something from a child archetype, perspective. It would be all about curiosity and how can I play with this? Not in a childlike manner, but like, okay, like what are the parts and pieces that I can play with? And the warrior, you know, okay, the warrior is great at getting details done and taking care of stuff. And if they're not given a mission, they will create a mission for themselves. So they, you know, raising my hand. Yes. Here. Hello. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. So it's important that, you know, they're like, I don't want to give them a bad rap, but like keeping them in check and making sure that they don't have the keys to the bus is important. The, what I call the community builder. It's important to recognize like who your community is and who are you listening to and are they feeding you with things that are fueling you or are they making you feel bad or guilty and to be mindful of that. And so I think being able to plug into a character or to kind of put that on at some points to see like, wait, where are my archetypes? Like if I were to just pause and think, okay, am I being curious? Do I have a big picture vision for what, I'm wanting or needing? 
which I think is so important for parents like us, because so often we can hand our power over to experts and think that they have the big picture vision for us when we spend 15 minutes with them or 60 minutes with them. And I think allowing parents to realize that they have the power to say, like, wait, hold on, what is our family's big picture vision for whatever is causing us tension or whatever it is that we're struggling with? And to get clear on that and then bring in the child and say, you know, curiosity, like, what could this look like? And then bring in the warrior and say, what are the things that need to get done in order to make this happen? And then are there people that we can bring in to support us with this? And sometimes it's like, oh, you know, some of the archetypes can work together. And so I like, you know, I'm big with my hands. So I'm like, okay, we can bring this in with this in, you know, this archetype with this archetype, but they can work together and it can be so empowering as a parent to look at things from that perspective instead of feeling like you have to hand over your power to the experts and think, okay, well, you know, I guess we just have to wait and see. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit more about the archetypes because I find this so fascinating. And we'll take a quick break. And we will do that in a minute. We just celebrated our two-year anniversary of Gotcha Day when we adopted our sweet Haskell, my cat who acts like a dog, plays fetch, and who I'm pretty sure has sensory processing differences. Are you getting a new pet soon? That means you'll need to think about getting the necessities like food, toys, a bed. Something you may not be thinking about, though, is pet insurance. That's why you should check out ASPCA Pet Health Insurance. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they may need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. They allow you to customize your plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are, because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash parenting. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash parenting. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash parenting. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. There's so much more to maintaining a healthy gut microbiome than eating a balanced and healthy diet, travel, certain medications, and of course, something many of us have plenty of in our daily life, stress, are just some of the other factors that can totally throw off our systems. Enter Ritual. They created Symbiotic Plus, a three-in-one supplement with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic to support a balanced gut microbiome. Their supplement includes two of the world's most clinically studied probiotic strains to support the relief of mild and occasional bloating, gas, and diarrhea. I like Symbiotic Plus because it delivers all this goodness in one single nested minty delayed released capsule designed to help survive the harsh conditions of the upper GI tract. And because the capsules don't require refrigeration, I just keep them on my desk so that I get that helpful visual cue every morning. Plus, they're easy to bring with me when I travel. There's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash tilt. Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash tilt for 25% off. So I just have to say, as you're talking, first of all, I just love this framework. It feels so, I don't know if it's fresh. I don't know what it is, but there's something about it. It feels really liberating, I think to know that we can have all of these pieces, it kind of makes me think about that therapeutic modality of internal family systems, where you have different, there are different Debbie's, there are different Margaret's, and that they all play a role. And they can all help us or hinder us. um, But it's good to know them. So I just think that the way you're describing this is such a nice way to kind of negotiate this deeper understanding and like create maybe alliance with these different pieces of who we are. 
I'd love to just spend a little bit more time on the four bigger, I mean, you talk about many in the book, but the four ones that have been most influential for you. And I do want to just touch on warrior mode one more time, because I personally relate. And again, that isn't about being that warrior. It's not necessarily like, I'm gonna fix this. It's more about control, ultimately, right? Yes. Well, and it's recognizing that each, and I didn't say this earlier, but each archetype has shadows. And so there can be too much or too little of each of those archetypes. And it's monitoring like what you're describing when the warrior archetype gets to be too much, where then it's like, okay, like I'm like batting down the hatches and I need to do this and I need to do that. And, and recognizing like how it shows up for you physically. I think that can be really significant to know that like, okay, like my stomach is all tight. I'm like clenching my fists. My shoulders are tight. I'm like ready to just punch anybody in the face at a given moment. It's important to recognize that and how it shows up. And it's recognizing when the balance starts to shift. Because the warrior is, like I said, it's not a bad thing. Like it's something that we all have within us and it's necessary, but it's recognizing when it starts to shift into an off balance piece where sometimes we can have too much. Sometimes we can have too little where we hand over our power to other people. And then all of a sudden we hand over our power and then we get pissed off because it's like, oh my God this person is making this decision and it's crazy and it doesn't fit. And so now I'm going to get angry and I'm going to fight back. And it's like, wait, hold on. That's where then I like to play around with let's check in with the queen or the monarch. And I like to describe them like directions like North, South, East, West. And so South is warrior. So go up to the opposite direction, which is North. And that's the elder. And it's using what you know, and it's like clarity. What do I want? What is my intention for this experience, this therapy, this school, and just allow yourself to settle. And then you can activate the other archetypes of curiosity, you know, bring in the child, like, okay, well, what would that look like? What school would that look like? Or if it's unschooling or whatever it is, and then allow the warrior to come back in of like, okay, well then what are the details? And I think the biggest thing is like realizing that the warrior is great at details, but if it's not given a mission, it will create a mission. Right. When you say that, I think about when I wake up at four in the morning, because that's what my body does now. And then my warrior's like, okay, what should you be fixated on in this moment that you need to solve? Like I look for a mission, my warrior mode, for some reason, maybe it's the one that's waking me up. I want to talk about the elder, just to be clear, the elder is within us. Is it our intuition? Is that how you think of it? Yes, all of these are part of us. And it's allowing ourselves to trust, to take that pause and to say, like, what do we value? What is important? What is the big picture? Because warrior is little picture. Elder is big picture of what is the vision. And regardless of what you think about Queen Elizabeth, I always think about her when I think about the elder or the monarch, because I'm like, she didn't care. If people liked her or didn't like her, she was just like, you know what? This is what I think is best for whatever. And whether it was or not, like she wasn't worried about what people thought. She was thinking about like, what do I think is most important? And I think if we think about that with our families, our kids of what is most important, then we can do what we can to facilitate that as much as possible. But it's allowing ourselves to have that vision. Right. Yeah, it makes total sense. And then you've talked about curiosity, which I know is one of our respective favorite words, and also play. So can you then talk a little bit about how the power of play and curiosity when we're navigating this hero's journey? Yes, those are my favorite words, because I think 
a lot of times when we get into something, we think, oh, I need to work on this. There's a challenge with my child. There's a challenge with the school. There's a challenge with whatever, with our family, our extended family. And so we need to work on it. And I say work is a four letter word for me during those times. And I think play, how can I play? And it's opening up the curiosity of what can things look like? And how can I play around with something? Because play, when you're, when you think about a child who's playing and building a sandcastle, like they're allowed to like try something and it might fail. The sand might fall down. I remember building sandcastles myself and then bringing out tinfoil and thinking that I could make a moat and then the water would, you know, I'd fill it with water and I'd get disappointed and playing around with different things. And so I think that to extend that is like allowing ourselves as parents to play with different things, to have a perspective of play of, I'm going to try this and I'm going to see how it goes and it might work and it might not work and that's okay. But what did I learn from that? And that's the power of the child archetype is learning from the things that work, the things that don't work for you, your child, your family, and using that to move forward and to say, you know, oh, okay, well, that didn't work. What is one thing I can try different the next time? And I think having those questions of what worked, what didn't work, what could I do different which I learned from my mentor, Michael Trotta, using those with our kids, I think is gold because you're teaching them to realize like not everything is going to work out the first time. And if you just scrap everything, then you're leaving so much good information on the floor instead of taking it with you and saying, okay, you know what? This is what I noticed. This is what worked. And so this is what we can do next time and build on that and do something different. And that's the snowball that kind of can get rolling to making things work easier or be easier and more joyful for your family. We're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about the teacher community builder archetype and then some of the other concepts that you shared in your book. Hey there, it's Debbie. I love making this show and sharing conversations about how to support our awesome neurodivergent kids. I've seen how even one little insight from an interview can spark a big shift in daily life. But I know that raising complex kids can be messy and lonely. And just when we think we figured it out, something comes up that boots us right back to feeling overwhelmed and stuck. That's why I've poured everything into creating a way for parents like us navigating complex parenting journeys to join together and chart a path that feels positive, hopeful, and doable. It's the brand new Differently Wired Club experience. In the club, you'll get personal support from me and other seasoned parent coaches, six live calls every month where you can connect and get your personal questions answered, the opportunity to learn directly from authors and experts like I have on this show, monthly themes for getting specific and tactical, an exclusive private podcast feed, and the best, most generous community of parents. Seriously, these folks show up for themselves and each other, and that right there is really everything. Because it's a daily reminder that we're not alone. Our kids aren't broken, and we have totally got this. The recently rebooted Differently Wired Club is on a brand new platform with its very own iOS and Android app. It is such a great space. However you learn, whatever your style, no matter the ages, genders, and neurodivergent profile of your children, the Differently Wired Club can help you cultivate the positive shifts you're hoping for. Join us today by going to tiltparenting.com slash club. That's tiltparenting.com slash club. I hope to see you on the inside. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. 
All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics, depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff. Just before we move on from play, I just want you to know that when I post things, when I share, for example, the monthly theme in the Differently Wired Club, my tendency is to be like, this month we're working on, and I'm like, and I go back, delete, delete, delete. This month we're going to play with, like you've completely changed how I think about all the things that we're exploring together as a community and the things that can really support our parenting lives. And I think that language can change everything because it's not judgmental. There's no no getting it right or wrong. It just is. It just feels so much better. So listeners, even just thinking about how can you start incorporating this idea of play in your lives, that alone can really change so much for you. So I just wanted to say that. Could you spend a few minutes talking about that fourth bigger archetype that has been a big feature of your parenting experience, and that's the teacher community builder? Yeah, and it makes me so happy to hear about the play work thing. The community builder and teacher is one that I really, honestly, I struggled with a great deal early on in my own parenting experience because I think one of the shadows of it is that if you're not doing what everybody around you is doing, then you're doing something wrong or that like you're doing a disservice to your child. And I saw it show up so many times of people, you know, coming up to me and being like, Oh, you know, you need to go see this doctor or you need to do this therapy or you need to do this. And at first, thinking, oh my gosh, you know, I guess I do need to do this because it's clearly working for them. And I had to get comfortable with saying, you know, none of those things felt good. There were a few things that was like, you know, a few therapists that we were recommended to who we still work with, who were like, okay, yeah, this feels like a total thumbs up. This feels like a major hell yeah experience. But there were many. And looking back, I realized that One of the shadows is that when you make a decision, you want other people to validate it by validating your choice. And I think it can be so tough, especially, you know, and I see this a lot in the discussion posts where people are like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm deciding to unschool. Like, is this the right decision? And I think that's where you have to go to your elder and your child and say like, Knowing what I know about what we're going through or what who my child is, I can't listen to what everybody else is doing. I can't do what everybody else is doing. I have to trust myself. And so I think that's a a huge thing that I want to pass on because I think a lot of times as parents early on, we feel nervous and we feel insecure or we feel judged based on the choices that we make or don't make. And if we pause and check in with who we know our child to be and trust that we can change our decisions, we can make different choices. A couple months later, we can say, okay, we've reached baseline and now we're ready to try this. But I think it's so important to kind of separate what our communities are telling us to do if they're a community that is kind of a shadow community. Now, I am so grateful that you have created the Tilt Parenting community and the Differently Wired community because it is so positively focused. I was just telling somebody the other day about how I love like that the underlying intention is to positively support parents in parenting who their child is, where they are, and that, you know, yeah, it can be really tough, but you can do it. And you're not alone. 
there are other people out there who are going through similar struggles, similar challenges, but the more that we trust ourselves and what we know about our kids, that's the energy that our kids are receiving is that we're meeting them where they are and what they need. And that is where I think that a lot of growth and a lot of positive stuff can happen. Well, I appreciate you saying that. And I think that is one of the things probably why I loved your book so much. And also, I think the work that you do is so powerful. And what I've tried to do until to show this isn't about doing this strategy XYZ, or it's not necessarily big life upheavals. It is small tweaks. It is the work that we're doing in our minds and the way that we choose to show up and navigate in the moment challenges and in the moment bright spots and how we're constantly working to make meaning and to learn. It might be too subtle for some people, but for me, it is the most powerful work that we could do because it it really has the power to transform everything for ourselves, for our kids, and for our whole family. And nay, I say for society, it's big stuff we're doing. I I mean, I've seen it. I've, I've lived it. And it's like me giving myself permission to be the parent that I am for my child has given so many other people permission to be the parents for their kids, even if it looks totally different. And that to me is like the best thing ever because it's, there is no one size fits all, put our kids in a box, prescription, X, Y, Z, do this and get that. No, it's learning them, but also taking care of ourselves and realizing, you know, our thoughts about things and tending to those in order to show up for our kids the way that we want to show up for them. Yeah, that's great. I want to touch upon this idea of shadow forces. You've talked about it briefly here, but I know that that's part of this framework, this archetype, this hero's journey is understanding those shadow forces. You bring it up in our coaching calls a lot. So it's part of our experience. So could you just take a few minutes and talk a little bit more about what you mean when you say a shadow force and how that shows up and how we can navigate that? Yeah. So shadow forces, you know, with regards to archetypes, it can just be monitoring too much and too little. Like, am I showing up too much as a warrior? Am I showing up too much as a child, too much as a elder where I'm like dominating? You know, it's like, it's so interesting to think about too much and too little in each of those. But I also focus on shadow forces of, you know, recognizing what our thoughts are and how our thoughts can take us down to you know, unhelpful patterns and being able to question those and really think about, okay, like, you know, is that really true? I do bring in Byron Katie's work of the work. It can be super helpful just to be aware of like, oh, this is my thought and is my life over because of this? No, not necessarily, you know, it's not. And questioning that. And so kind of, you know, just bringing some perspective but also recognizing shadow forces of what your body is telling you. If it's like going into lockdown over things that gives information and, you know, just emotions. I know a lot of times one of the shadow forces for a lot of parents is not wanting to feel emotions because it feels like it's going to be too big. It's going to be too much. We're going to get stuck in it. What kind of mom would I be if I was feeling angry or sad or guilty or any of those things? And to be aware of what to do to take care of yourself when those things happen, because we are human beings who experience normal human emotions. And that's part of the threshold crossing into a hero's journey is like, this wasn't something that we might have chosen. And it is now part of our life. And there can be normal human emotions about that. Like I didn't ask for this to be part of my life. Like I was a rule follower. I was this, I was that. I like did everything I was supposed to do. And now I'm set on this journey that I don't know everything. And I'm allowed to be a little bit angry about that. I'm allowed to 
to be sad about that. I'm allowed to feel grief around that. And in doing that for myself and feeling those feelings, it allowed me to process and release them in order to see parenting my child from such a different perspective where I wasn't like holding on to those shadow feelings around parenting where I could be like, you know what? Okay. Yep. And also when new things happen as they will, new grievings, like I share about kids going to college. It's like, okay, yeah, that's not our journey right now. And for kids being on soccer teams, that was never, you know, I thought that was going to be our journey, but that wasn't. So allowing for those little mini grievings and the more that you allow yourself, then the faster you can cycle through them. And I think it's when we deny ourselves to feel those things that then they build up and resentment, frustration, irritation, annoyance builds up and then nothing good happens when that takes place. So listeners, I hope you're getting a sense of why Margaret is such a a wise, amazing human parenting coach and why I have turned to her time and time again, because I love your authenticness and your lived experience and the way that you share that and really support other people in feeling the hard things and also knowing that it is okay. This is a very human experience. So thank you for that. I just want to note that one of my favorite parts of your book is every now and then you have Margaret-isms, and I love your Margaret-isms. And there's one that I thought would be nice to share because you use it quite a lot, and it's good to know. So can you explain the Margaret-ism of good to know and how we can use that? Yeah, good to know is one of my favorites, and it was something that my husband and I came up with because I think when you're parenting with somebody else, there can be a lot of triggers. And so we came up with good to know, and we call it GTN. So it's just the fact of I've recognized when I've gone down a path that isn't working, it's not going the way that I thought it was going to. And to just say good to know. And it allows for a pause. And if you've got a partner, you can say, you know, okay, GTN or good to know. And that means we're not going to discuss it any further, but I know that what I was doing wasn't helpful and I'm going to do something different the next time, or I'm going to try to do something different now. And I don't want to discuss it. And I think it's helpful not only with partnerships, but it's also helpful with our kids because there are many times when I will say that to our son and it's just like, okay, good to know. Like, good to know that that didn't work. We can do something different right now. But it's good to know that this didn't work for you, didn't work for us, and we're going to try something different, which then taps into the play, the child archetype. And then it's like, okay, well, what can we do differently? But that's been a really powerful tool for us as partners to just be able to be like, yeah, no, I know that looked like a total show and you're right, but I don't want to talk about it right now. I'm going to choose to do something different right now. Good to know. I'm going to do something different and we're going to move on. Thank you. Yeah. Three wonderful little words that have a lot of power. There's one other concept I wanted to just share with listeners before we wrap up. And that is a question also that comes up a lot in our coaching calls that we do together is this idea of how old is my child right now? How old is my child developmentally right now? And it's something we often forget to ask. So could you talk about how we as parents could incorporate that into our lives? Yeah, it's such a powerful thing to get perspective on because quite often our children might be a certain chronological age, but developmentally in a given moment, they might be a much younger age. They might be a much older age. And, and I think it's helpful to, when you notice that you're feeling challenged or when there is tension to just be able to pause and say, how old is my child developmentally in this moment? And it's not saying anything about the child is just saying like, oh, right now, my 20 year old child is 13. 
And so how would I approach him if he were a 13 year old? And I had this awareness when he was seven. It was a total game changer because he was seven and I had taught seven year olds and I was like, okay, you know, I'm all over this and handling things as though I would handle them with a seven year old and it was working not at all. And I just had this momentary blip of like, how old is he right now? And it was like, he's three. So I had a seven-year-old chronological son and his developmental age at that moment was a three-year-old. And I thought, well, how would I handle things if he were three? And it changed everything. It changed my perspective. It changed my energy. It changed how I approached him. And it went so much better. And we were able to cycle through it so much faster. And so I think being able to check in And just pressing that pause button momentarily and saying, how old is my child developmentally in this moment, regardless of whatever thoughts we might have around their chronological age, spend time in an airport and you see 50-year-old men acting like five-year-olds or 50-year-old women acting like five-year-olds. I mean, it's like, okay, how old is this person right now? So it's not just our kids, but I think it's so helpful to realize like, oh, wow, like right now, they might not have the emotional regulation tools that they need based on what has led up to this moment. And so how would I approach them if they were this age? It's total game changer. Yeah, it makes such a difference. Agreed. As you're saying that, I'm also thinking, yeah, it applies to all of us when I go home with my family. I'm a 17-year-old for sure, which was not the most enlightened version of myself. And with our kids who are developing so asynchronously, it can be just perplexing ongoing because they could be different ages within you know, a day. It can go back and forth within weeks and situations within- Within 60 seconds. Yeah, within 60 seconds. So I love that phrase, the reminder to take a pause and just ask that question. It's so grounding. And then it kind of gets rid of any meaning we're making to the behavior or it can stop our mind from spiraling about the what ifs or what does this mean? Because we're just dealing with what's happening right now. So it's such a grounding phrase. I love that. One of my favorite questions around that is what is actually going on right now, which also involves that because it does take you out of your thinking mind and allow you to go into the kind of like detective mode of like, what's actually going on? Just the facts. Oh, my child is three, or my child is seven, or my child is 27. Oh, okay, we've just gone from three to 27 in 60 seconds. But that question of what is actually going on right now does bring that grounding. That's great. There's obviously so much that we could talk about Your book is just rich with resources. And I wanted to also just share with you and with listeners, I love the way that you set it up because you present a lot of concepts. We really did scratch the surface. We kind of gave an overview so you could get a feel, but there's so many incredible tools in there. Tools like we just shared, you know, good to know is a powerful tool. These are really powerful tools, but every concept is its own short chapter. So for me as a reader who I struggle with kind of things that go on and on, I loved how I was like, oh, that chapter's over. It's such a feeling of accomplishment. And I learned something great from that chapter. We can't get into all of it, but before we say goodbye, first of all, congratulations. This is something that I know you've been wanting to bring out into the world. And congratulations to us as parents everywhere, because we get to have access to all of these incredible tools and to your wisdom. So what are you hoping it does in the world? What are you most excited about to get it out there? Gosh, that's such an interesting question. Like my passion is supporting people who felt like I did when I crossed my threshold in my own journey in parenting and felt like there weren't the resources that I need. And so my hope is that this book is a resource for people who are crossing that threshold, regardless of what it is, because it doesn't even have to be somebody who's differently wired. It just can be, I mean, we all experience, I think all parents experience threshold crossings. But my ultimate passion is just supporting parents and knowing that they're not alone and that there are tools and that there are just the most basic of questions that they can have in their back pocket when they're feeling 
alone or feeling like they're struggling. That's wonderful. Well, thank you. Thank you. And listeners, again, the book is called A Hero's Journey in Parenting, Parenting the Child You Didn't Expect While You Were Expecting. And where can listeners get the book and learn more about you? It will be available on Amazon. And you can go to my website, www.margaretwebblifecoach.com to get information on where you can buy it. Awesome. And of course, listeners, as I always do, I say this at the end of every episode, but I'll say it again. I will have links in the show notes pages to all the things and things that came up in our conversation as well. So you can always head over there and just click on what you need. So Margaret, I'm so grateful for you. I love you dearly. And I enjoyed this conversation. Of course, I learned more as I always do every time that we talk. But thank you so much for everything that you shared today and for supporting our community so beautifully. Thank you so much. I love the community that you have built and I love our conversations as well. So thank you. You've been listening to the Tilt Parenting Podcast. If you want to learn more about today's guest and the resources we talked about, you can always go to the extensive show notes page on tiltparenting.com. There you'll find key takeaways, links to all the resources that were discussed, and even a full transcript of our conversation. Just go to tiltparenting.com slash podcast and select this episode. The Tilt Parenting Podcast is hosted by me, Debbie Reber, author of the book Differently Wired and the founder of Tilt Parenting. And it was edited by my wonderful producer, Andrea Curtis Amasquita. If you want to support this show, please consider joining my Patreon campaign and making a small monthly contribution. Just go to patreon.com slash tilt parenting to learn more. If you want to follow Tilt on social media, go to at tilt parenting on Instagram and Facebook. Lastly, please take a minute to leave a five-star rating or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. That helps the show stay visible so others can easily find it. Thanks so much. And that's all for this week. Stay safe, stay well, and take good care. And for more information about any of the parenting resources Tilt offers, visit TiltParenting.com. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Co., and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts.